0: Live from the Business Radio X studio, welcome to Time Well Spent with Julie Hullett, your source for inspiring stories of busy people who have made more time to do what they love. Now here's your host, Julie Hullett.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome. We're glad you're here. My guest today is Jamie Duncan with Build Nashville. She and her partner, Sean Burroughs, have built one of the premier companies in Nashville that specializes in high-end luxury homes throughout the Nashville area. Jamie and I met through a client realtor who is also a mutual friend of ours, and I've had the pleasure of getting to know about Build Nashville as I've worked with this client and with Jamie. Welcome, Jamie. We're glad you're here. Thank you, Julie. Appreciate you having me. I know you are a busy woman, so it means a lot to me that you took the time to be with us today. Well, thank you. I know you're busy as well. We just have to make time for each other. (laughs) That's exactly right. I guess this is a great time to be in the home building business. Um, I read that you've been in real estate since you were 21. So given your history there, I'm sure you've seen a lot of up and downs in the market. So, let's start there. Is Nashville still kind of insulated from the rest of the country as far as softening? I keep hearing that word, but every time I drive down the
0: street, I'm still seeing a lot of build Nashville homes going up. Well, thank you. I appreciate you pointing that out because we are working really hard to bring some beautiful homes to Nashville. But honestly, real estate to me is just like the weather forecast. You have national forecasts, You have the regional forecast and then you have the localized forecast. So you have to really think about that. But that forecast can actually be different on one side of the town than the other. So the Mm -hmm. same goes for real estate. So you really, it's centralized. You've got to find those pockets. And I feel like we've been really successful at doing that and finding the places where people that already live here or are moving here want to live. And Nashville has so many wonderful things going for it. I feel like we've become a foodie destination with lots of James Beard award-winning chefs opening new concepts monthly. We have wonderful sports teams and a variety of entertainment options. We really are more known for the IT and healthcare field as far as our economy. People think it's just country music. It's clearly a lot of music, not all country, but a lot of music is done here, both um, from the recording studios all the way down to the uh, business side of music. But I don't understand what's not to love about Nashville. You have the rolling hills, the comfortable seasons, no sales tax, reasonable property tax. Um, So the fact that we are constantly in the top three to five cities survey on everything I see from best place to live, best place to travel, best place to raise a family, start a business, even the top bachelorette destination, uh, bachelorette party destination, um, and It was just announced this week that we're getting the only East Coast location for In-N-Out Burger, which in my opinion, pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge uh, burger fan, but I know they're really uh, have a cult following and there's none past Texas. I mean, we're going to be the first East uh, Coast hub. And I think that shows a lot when a company such as that caliber and size chooses Nashville to be well, their next hub.
1: Yeah, and even Governor Lee had a moment on that on the media, which I thought, well, there you go. It must be yeah. pretty
0: impressive. <laughs> Absolutely, and they're literally building an entire new downtown on the east bank of Nashville. Yeah, um, it's so incredible to have watched that project come together, River North, as it's called, over the last few years. And I mean, it's it's happening. Infrastructure is happening. Buildings are happening, and that's where the new Oracle is going. So there's just a lot happening.
1: Well, you guys are Bellmead, Green Hills, Westmead, to name a few. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you looking at places over on the east
0: side? You know, I love the east side of Nashville. We have kind of found ourselves in a niche that when we get offered land, it's because the people that are bringing it to us know that we are the buyers in that area. And so if it gets to us on the east side of town, to be honest, I feel like by that time it's passed over, all of the well-known east side of town builders. So it's not that we're, I mean, we built plenty over on the east side. We're just not known for that. We're more known for the cities or the locations you mentioned, plus uh, throwing in Sylvan Park and a little bit of Charlotte Park and, and the nations there on the west side of town. So we kind of focus more on the south and the west, and it's not by intention. It's just kind of what's organically happened.
1: Okay. And then I'm curious, can you give me a percentage of how many of the homes you're building are transplants from, you know, California and Texas? Or yes. are, are they majority of Nashville, Nashvilleians wanting a new home?
0: If I had to put a percentage, I'd say about 70% are some type of former relocation. Um, one wow. is coming just now from Columbus, Ohio. It's not all New York, California, and Texas. Um, there's one just moved here, um, bought our most recent one from Columbus. Uh, the other one is actually an attorney in LA, but she's buying it as her second home. Uh, her sister Mm -hmm. literally lives in the alley. Like they have share an alley, they back up to each other. So, uh, you know, that's more for family reasons because they're like best friends, but she's a very high powered attorney in LA. Um, and then I've also shown a property yesterday for the second time to a very well-known singer-songwriter in Nashville that uh is looking for his next home after uh a divorce. And he's looking for him and his four children to find their next place. And so, you know, that and there's an LA music producer as well, looking at that same house. So um kind of weird two musicians are looking at the same house.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: um, yeah, I I would say 70%. And we just sold one to a National Predators player and you know so again i don't know if you consider them local or not they're just here pretty much for the season so but there is a there are a ton of relocations happening for sure still to this day
1: yeah and i have met um two people in the last 3 months that you all built homes for clients and um they're so happy well, and everybody raves about the level of service they get when they're working with build national now At any given time, how many homes are you personally involved with?
0: Me personally, I'm involved with every home that obviously we're working on. And right now our average has tended to be somewhere in the, like in the construction phase, something is happening on the site. There's around 20 at one time. We do about 35 houses a year. It's somewhere between 30 and 35. Um, But then behind the scenes, there's probably... Six to ten that I'm working on that has that hasn't made it past the design phase or the concept phase. Um, several of those being custom builds for clients. We still are one of the few builders that maintain during this crazy market we have that we would still build custom. You know custom obviously takes a little longer and is a little more challenging, but honestly, that's what Sean and I love to do is to get in someone's head and truly get all their thoughts and feelings out that they may not even know how to express. And turn it into reality and turn it into their dream home that they're gonna raise their family in and shelter their family in. And there's nothing more satisfying than that. Um, and then we become friends with those clients. And that's mm-hmm. that's just by organic process, but it's also by design because we want them to truly feel that they are part of the Build Nashville family. They're not just another number.
1: Yeah, and I, I get that from talking to people that it is very relational, you yes. know, like my business is all relationships. Mm-hmm. And- and yours is the same. And you you are, you're invested in helping them, you know, get just their right little nest like they wanted. So that's, yes. great.
0: that's just yes. great. Absolutely.
1: So you mentioned Sean. Sean Burroughs, your business partner. Now, eight years you guys have been together. Did you think you'd be doing this eight years from now? And how did you guys connect?
0: Well, and ironically, we actually, as Build Nashville just celebrated, actually on Christmas Eve, ironically was our eight year anniversary but um, before that, Sean and I worked with another developer and builder in Nashville. Uh, I had been in the mortgage business for 11 years, and Sean was a trim carpenter uh, and had started his own business at the age of 19. And by this time, he had progressed and become one of the largest trim companies uh, for what we call infill building in the in the city limits of Nashville for builders of uh, lots of different builders, lots of different areas of Nashville. But he was the trim carpenter for the builder that I went to work with and after coming out of the mortgage business. And Sean asked one time when we had an opportunity for a project manager to have uh, the builder give him an opportunity and he blew it away. I mean, he did an amazing job. And then before we knew it, that builder has kind of had kind of pulled back and allowed Sean and I, in his own words, to be the face of the company. Um, and so it kind of felt like a natural progression when we decided to say, Hey, Let's take the show on the road and let's see what we can do. And if we build two, three, four houses a year, that's probably going to be great. But if it doesn't work like we hope, then we both can just go work for another builder or do something different if we wish. And we just had no, we thought it would be the two of us and maybe a bookkeeper and maybe one project manager eventually um, for four to five, you know, houses a year. But Sean and I have very unique, different um goal settings and Sean will tell you in a heartbeat, I'm going to build a thousand houses a year. And I'll say, okay, well, let's keep it more realistic and let's get from 35 to 50. And he's like, well, but if I'm shooting for a thousand, I'm probably going to pass you by real fast at 50. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, you got to set these, you know, big goals and I just don't like to set a goal and then not meet it. So that's my, my personality, but either way for us to say that we knew where we would, that we would be where we are today. Absolutely not. We both, are very positive, um, goal-setting, uh, hardworking driven people that like to surround ourselves with the same type of people. So we have been so fortunate to find the right mix of people to be on our team and to really live through what we say, which is we empower our people to make decisions. I mean, there's nothing worse than having someone on your team that is paralyzed out of fear of making the wrong decision. I'd rather them make a decision, even if it's the wrong one they'll learn from it, we'll deal with it, but at least they're feeling empowered to make that decision. And I don't think you can grow a team and hopefully expand in the future to additional cities and states without having that type of empowerment on your team.
1: Well, it's obvious because I personally have dealt with, I think, six of your team members and you have 13, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I've dealt with six of them on behalf of clients on things and have just really been impressed at how responsive they are. I mean, immediately you sense they own whatever your question is and they're going to resolve it. And <clears throat> excuse me, that is really rare these days. So Thank you. I think that's a direct reflection on you and Sean and the core values you were just talking about.
0: Yeah. I mean, the bottom line, and this is as simple as I can possibly make it, our motto truly is what's right is right. And if that, what we tell our, our, our team members is put yourself in that position. Mm -hmm. If you were living in that situation and it was your home that this was happening, I don't care if it's out of warranty or not. If it's something that we feel that we could have done differently, better, or it could have performed better over the long-term, if they put themselves in the position of that client homeowner and they feel they would expect it to be done, then that's the answer. And it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously there's big problems. Sometimes it could possibly need to be discussed, but most of the time it's small little details and it's details that matter. And so they're empowered to make those decisions. Well, good for you. That's excellent.
1: All right. Let's switch gears a little bit here. Mm -hmm. So as I said at the beginning, you're a busy woman. You have a business partner, a successful, which obviously is understatement company with a team of 13 people, a husband, and you guys have been married quite a bit, a while, right? Twenty-seven years, yes. He was my high
0: school sweetheart.
1: Yes. Congratulations on that. Thank you. A daughter and uh, a vacation home somewhere else. So, what is a typical day like for you?
0: You know, the I thought about this a lot. Um, I knew that this question was going to come because it's going to be part of this type of uh, discussion. I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of uh, master classes and things, and I beat myself up sometimes because I don't have the most structured life. Um, I got up for 18 years with my daughter on and off all the way up to her last day of high school, literally, and making her lunch. And that's just the mother I was. And she, of course, went on to college and now lives in Tampa. But I don't have to set an alarm. And my team knows that if I have to set an alarm, I'm not my best self. Now, I go to bed sometime around 11, 12, usually, and I naturally wake up around seven so I don't have to worry about, you know, I'm not sleeping in, not even on the weekends. I mean, if you call seven sleeping and I guess I am, but <laughs> Sean, on the other hand, gets up at four thirty and goes to the gym. So he likes to make fun of me and say that I'm, you know, waking up about right. the time the shift starts. <laughs> but really, I'm like, really, you want me to call you at 1130 or 12 when I'm probably still working. Right. So I just, am a better nighttime person. And so I am trying to give myself grace and not feel like I have to live 100% structured life. I was listening to an Ed Milet podcast mm-hmm. the other day with Rob Deardick, and there was something that really stuck out to me. And I am going to, to grasp onto this in 2023. He said, looking, he's a very, very organized down to the granular strategic schedule of his life every single day. And it's empowering to listen to that uh, podcast. It was a few pod- podcasts ago. So if you listen to that, go go listen. But he said if you spend one hour a day doing something in your life, you are spending four percent of your life doing that task. And so that really put some things into perspective to me. And he also said that, and it's true, you go to set a calendar invite on your phone and it automatically pre-fills to an hour. And a lot of times you don't think it'll take an hour, but you just you know put it in there so that you've got the time available with the person or people. We need to stop doing that. We need to think about it. What Time frame? Does it really take? And let's really schedule that. And let's be a little bit more uh, cognizant of how much time we're spending. Obviously, I like to talk a lot. Um, I've never been known to be someone that would make a, a meeting very quick. <laughs> quickly, <laughs> I definitely uh, have been known to be the one that drags those meetings out because of my mouth. But I'm working to be a little bit better in that, so that I'm not uh, monopolizing anybody else's time and making me 4% of their life that they don't even want to be part of my, you know, 4% of their life. So that's my goal for 2023. If I've got a set one is to be more intentional about how long meetings take and more intentional about where I am spending that one hour a day that equates to 4% of my life. <laughs> Are you going to, um, properties during the day? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yesterday, here's a great example. This is a good one. So yesterday, um, I had a showing in a house in the morning. Uh, great clients with two realtors I've known for a long time. We had a great time uh, chatting and getting to know each other. Then from there, I went to a lunch with an account executive at the Tennessee Titans. Ironically, it's an odd lunch that I had, but uh, they wanted to talk to us because they just did some philanthropic things with us for someone that we were helping out. And uh, of course, they wanted to sell us season tickets, of course. So, <laughs> you know, that was a fun lunch, though. Something ironic. We actually are talking to one of the uh, Titans players over the last few weeks or months about buying one of her homes. So it was a good little uh, conversation piece. And then from there, I went to look at land um, at the top of Jocelyn Hollow out in West Mead. There's 20 acres. And I took uh, my account exa- or my director of operations, Jenna, as you know. And Sean and myself and Christy Bradley, a realtor who works with our mutual friend that we know very well, have worked with Christy for a long time. And we got to spend about an hour on the top of Johnson Hollow with the most beautiful views, getting close to sunset, with a really cool developer and seller um, that we enjoyed meeting. Uh, and that was a really good day. We oh, and I showed that other house I mentioned to the musician guy. That I've, this was my second showing, and so we had a really good. Uh, time walking through and laughing and and talking about what could have or what can be with his his potential home that we're building. So it was a really good day. Um, okay. Today, I've got you and then I've got to go sign some papers in an attorney's office. Um I'm trying to remember what else I've got. Uh, a frame walk. We've got to go do a frame walk. I go to all of our frame walks. Well, let me take that back. This is where I've gotten better about my time. I used to go to all of our frame walks. But Alina, our designer, and our team has gotten so good at doing those without Sean and I for the past probably six months. If it's a house that we feel pretty comfortable, there's not a lot of really complicated things in, we we don't even go to the framework. We will show up when they're done and they'll present it to us. And then we can give any input, but we're not stuck there for four or five hours or sometimes a whole day as it, as it takes. So, um, that's, that's something that's changed. I've made an, uh, advancements in letting go of some of those things.
1: Well, that's good. I mean, outsourcing, delegating, those are the keys. Um, when you are down at your vacation home, are mm-hmm. you able to turn
0: build Nashville off? No. Um, okay. but here's why, here's why it's not that I probably couldn't because my team is really, really good about handling things. But I'm not going to lie, there's that guilt that kicks in um, that causes you to stay connected so they don't think I'm just off gallivanting with the dolphins and the manatees and things. But at the same time, it's really, really true when I say to you that I love what I do so it doesn't feel like work. And that's, you know, the thing I've always said is that obviously if you can find something that you love, then you will never work a day in your life. Yeah. and there are definitely really, really good days, and there's some bad days in this world uh, of what I do, but the most, most of the time, it's the input that I want to give. It's the floor plan changes. It's the design details that I talked through with Alina. It's running numbers. It's all the things that I love to do, so it doesn't feel like work, and we are doing some we're t- dipping our toe in the St. St. Pete, Florida area. And we bought some uh, investment property recently there that we recently um, finished up 11 little units uh, in downtown St. Pete. So those are being kept for rentals. And so most of the time when I'm down there, I'm headed over to that project to check on something, or we're finally finished. Hopefully, I don't have to keep doing that. But honestly, I love what I do. So it doesn't feel like work, but I will find myself with a fiction book occasionally, maybe two or three books a year, curled up in the hammock. We, we have a house on the water, which was always my dream, and, and the sunset sets behind the house. And you should see me run. If I hear the blow of a dolphin, which happens a lot along our seawall, it's about 20 feet from the back door of our house, I get it and run like a kid. I don't think I will ever stop having the fantasy and the uh, wonderment of dolphins, and they... It's. I swear to you, if I start talking to them, they literally turn on their side and they look up at me with their little eye and we have this greatest interaction. So it's really fun. I look forward to that. And it's uh, definitely something to relax while doing work. I can, I can have something visually pleasing to look at while I'm still working. So is it safe
1: to say if you had more free time that you would be spending it with the dolphins?
0: Well, you know what my big goal is, and I'm going to do it this year. We've been planning and talking about a trip to Thailand for quite some time. And Excellent. yes, and we've been honest to goodness. The, the one thing is I I'm, I'm I kind of have a rule that I'm not going to get on a plane for more than six or seven hours unless I'm in business class, but I'm also really a frugal person. So I want my own little bed and pod, but I won't pay for it. So <laughs> We have been saving our credit card points and we have gotten to the point where that is going to be a free flight for both of us. And we're going to go for about three weeks, but I'm going to join this group. If you've never seen it, you have to look up responsibletravel.com. And I'm going to find a way to volunteer with the community there and really immerse myself in the community, whether that means hopefully working with the Asian elephants and the rescues that are over there or just working in the rice fields or whatever it is. I want an immersive experience. I don't want to just go sit on a beach in Thailand. That is not who I am. I'm a busybody, and I don't apologize for it. And it's fine that people are busybodies. You, you can you can continue to do what you love and 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 not feel guilty about um, not taking downtime. In my opinion, because mm-hmm. it's what keeps me moving and motivated and going. Mm-hmm. So I want to do more immersive um, volunteer type travel. Uh, that's my goal. Is that I can take a little longer trips to places that could use. Uh, we went to Costa Rica back in August for my birthday and our anniversary. And I got real close to spend, spending an entire day at kids saving the rainforest and working with those endangered wildlife animals. But it just with the itinerary, the way it worked out, it didn't happen. So I'm in, I've am i been there three times. I'm going to go back and I'm going to go there. Um, but we just, yeah, we, we got to do that more often. Okay. So I'm
1: going to ask you one more question and then we're going to move to a little word association. I like to give listeners tips to how they can get more time in their life. Mm -hmm. And everything you've just described is really busy, busy. Mm -hmm. So how can you get more time? What's something constructive you could share with people
0: about how to do that? It's something that I preach all the time to my daughter and I am not the best at and I've got to get better about it. And in fact, I'm reading the book and listening to the audiobook at the same time. Uh, Atomic Habits is uh-huh. something that is really speaking into my life right now. So setting better habits, and it's the smallest thing. Like he even talked. not that I drink coffee, but this is a great example. I don't think I could do coffee, Julie. I think I would bounce off the walls, but... Yeah. He says, just do the simple things, put the filter in the coffee at night before you go to bed, because then when you wake up, it's like a gift to yourself that it's already there or lay your clothes out for the night before. It's silly, silly, small incremental things that can make a huge difference in your life. And so the Atomic Habits book is something that I'm focused on to do time blocking a little bit better, to not allow the interruptions and the noise and not to be literally managed, uh, by my email because I am very quick to respond to email, Instagram, Facebook messages from, you know, potential clients, realtors, whatever. And I've been working with Jenna to, uh, really, I may in the for in the future, I may screenshot it and send it to her. She's learning to be able to respond and kind of, she calls it Jamie Jr., which is hilarious, but, uh, I just want to make sure that Sean and I have a, uh, Not a clone, because we don't want the same person. We want somebody that's better than us even. But we want someone that can absorb what it is we do. And then he and I can step away to some extent and start another division somewhere in another city or state. We absolutely adore Nashville, but we also realize there's a lot of other cities out there that we would love to take our... program on the road, because I think quite frankly, they could use a little jazzing up uh, (laughs) with their architecture, such as the Tampa St. Pete area. It's um, a lot of old fifties homes that need a little, little prettiness.
1: Okay. All right. Now we're going to move to word association. Um, So, you know, I'm going to say something, you just answer it. And then I've got a question for you at the end. So window or aisle? Definitely aisle. Okay. Coffee or tea? T, Beach or mountains? Beach. Right. Somehow (laughs) knew that. Okay. So say we're writing your eulogy and Mm -hmm.
0: two things you want to be remembered for. Only two. Mm -hmm. What would those two be? Absolutely. 100% taking care of people. Nothing brings me more joy than to assume a problem and take care of it. Okay. What's the second one? just being inviting and people want to be around me, being genuine. Good. All right. And to wrap up, Jamie,
1: um, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you and build
0: Nashville? So quite a few different ways, obviously our website, buildnashville.com. Then we've got the Instagram and Facebook, which the handles are both build Nashville. uh, And my phone number is listed on all of those things. Okay, great.
1: I want to thank you again for being here today. Most informative. Um, And now every time I go by one of those homes, I'm going to think, hmm, I know what's all behind that. (laughs) Thank you, Julie. And thank you all for listening. If you have questions about the podcast, please connect with me on LinkedIn or Instagram. I answer all messages. Thanks again. And we will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. And now here's a time well spent tip. Don't let anxiety about what tomorrow holds get in the way of today's happiness. I hate to break it to you, but we cannot control the future. What we can control, though, is how we make the most of our time right now. So how can you make more time to enjoy yourself? Here are a few ideas. Take control of your calendar. Block off time that you'll spend with yourself doing whatever you like. Look ahead. Do you have a busy week or month on the horizon? Set expectations with your friends and family so they'll know you're already at capacity. And last, outsource. If you find yourself consistently busy and overwhelmed, it may be time to outsource some of your tasks to a personal concierge.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Time Well Spent with Julie Hullett. This show is brought to you by Julie Hullett Concierge, LLC a personal concierge service in Nashville, Tennessee. Learn more at juliehullett.com.